Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast. We are officially a man down. Um, I can't say we're under NDA, but we think George has infiltrated the White House. Yes. And is there to assassinate Donald Trump if he does not relinquish the throne of America Mm -hmm. to Joe Biden this week. Or by the time you hear, oh my God, by the time they hear this, there will be maybe a new president. Or maybe not. Maybe there's four more years of doom, but that's why we sent George in. <gasps> I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But ultimately, George is not here. We just have myself, Liam, and yeah. joining me, as always, my wonderful, sexy friend, Ooh. Matt Visual. Oh, well, How you doing, Matt? Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Welcome to welcome to my show. Welcome yeah, yeah. to my... <laughs> I am both the dads and the sons. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be a guest on this show. It's a pleasure every week to guest on my own show. <laughs> Wait, technically, don't we like rotate anyway the host for the week? So the other two are the guests for that week? I don't, yeah. I'm not really sure. How do we do this? Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's anarchy now. It's just the two of us again. We, we can do whatever the hell we want. Daddy, Daddy's not here. And I don't mean that George is the dad. It's just that he's... Daddy, metaphorically, he yeah, tells yeah. us off. He doesn't. He doesn't change the subject on us. Nothing. It's just all. He's just... <laughs> we can air all of our dirty laundry and grievances out. Yeah. George yeah. won't let me eat cake at night. All of those horrible <laughs> things. But speaking of, I mean, we can talk about games that are one not set in Greece, two yeah. sponsored by Curiosity Stream, and three old as <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> Matt. What the hell have you been playing? Yo, to be honest, man, it's been a week for me. It's been a week. I have slowly, slowly played some Final Fantasy twelve to see if I Ooh. see if I like it. Yeah. Ooh. And um I have slowly played some Heartbound. But man, let me tell you, when I'm home from work and <laughs> I'm just like playing a little bit, I'm just like, oh, okay. And I just go right just, to sleep. Yeah, just that that typical like Nyeh. yeah yeah it's like oh I play a couple couple of matches I'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about uh, FF12 we were having our little Q and A and as I was playing it yeah it, it people were saying that it's kind of like Star Wars and I was like oh shit it's that's what big. everybody says everybody who has no nuanced opinion of that game says it's like Star Wars yeah it's just like I mean I get it I get it like yeah. like because there there's um. Just the way it feels. But what I realized, it's FF14. Is it the same people or same guy? Or um, it's the, it's the online game. I don't know about that, actually. It's the, it's uh, the how same. How so? What, 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 in what way? Like the way you go from, uh, from one area to the next, the way the combat hmm. system, the little lines, it's FF14. Well, 14 definitely took that from 12, yeah. yeah. It's a hell of a good targeting system, really, to be honest. Like, it's very... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's visu- like, visually not drawing a straight line, which is really hard to see when all characters are of a certain size, but having, like, a nice arcing thing so you can see over the top of enemies, that's really smart. Like, a lot of people should have already been doing that anyway. And um, the combat system... The combat so that's what I wanted to mind. ask you about. How yeah. are you how are you finding the programming basically? Considering you were getting yourself a little into you yeah. know scripting and programming recently <laughs> before you made a giant ass gun, like 
How how are you enjoying it? Real busy. Well, I don't I don't know if I can really talk about the programming. I I so it seems like that game. I'm pretty sure it gets like the combat gets a little uh faster later on. I heard about combos, but it feels like I mean it it gets to a point. So the twelve is this weird game where when you're good at it, you get to a point where the game just plays itself. It is that John Tron video over and over again. The game's just playing itself, Matt. Like, once you, uh, like, understand what you want each character to do, you can literally just program them the, in the, the Gambit system. In yeah. the Gambits to do exactly what, in every situation, you want them to, and then you just let them do it. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, so which like version that. are you playing? Are you playing the one that you can fast-forward the, mm-hmm. the game speed and mm-hmm. stuff? Okay. That's I'm the, sure that's, that helps. It It does. But it also doesn't make the game feel real. It doesn't like it. It makes me feel like I'm <laughs> cheating. But when you don't, because it's there, you want to use it. Yeah, you want to use I mean, it because when, it's so slow. When bravely default added not only the speed up option, but also the ability to choose how many random battles you wanted. You could either have like zero or like 0.5 times. So you get less. You could literally like, you know, change the game to your specifications. So like the things that annoy people about JRPGs, you could kind of like skimp over. I thought that was like a real bold move yeah. of Square at the time, but I loved it. And I want I wanted more ga- more games to carry that over. And I was happy to see 12, well, the remaster anyway, have that kind of options. Because if JRPGs want to survive, I think they need that kind of stuff. I mean... There was a lot of stuff in 7 that helped the remake, but mm. it is interesting. I definitely, I don't know. I think it goes back to what type of gamer you are, maybe, but time is uh, time is money, baby. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Like, and, and I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like, I want to play the game naturally. It almost makes me mm. want to load up, like, the ode. What is it? it was on PS2. Load yeah, it up on the PS2 and uh, on the Still emulator. Still looks do it. gorgeous. Still looks gorgeous. Honestly, it, it, like it looks I, good, yeah. I, I haven't played the remaster specifically. Yeah. Um, the last time I played Twelve was the PS2 version back when I was in university. When I bought like my first CRT monitor. When I first got into like retro game collecting, and I was like, "Well, I have my own little CRT TV. I'm gonna build a little collection from now on." And one of the first games I well. I think Dragon Quest VIII and Final Fantasy XII was what I was playing at the time. And twelve just, man, mm, those visuals, even then. And I mean, the remaster looks brilliant too, but yeah, it was, it was hot. It was good stuff. Like, I, I would say, like, um, <laughs> I wish I played it back then so I can feel some type of nostalgia for it because I think that would help get through that beginning. Mm. It's, it's The beginning is... Slow it's, as hell. It's slow. It's slow. Like, not to say it didn't start off, because I remember us saying, we were talking about, like, um, in the beginning of Final Fantasy, they always had, like, this impact. It does have that impact, but it, then it, like, really slows down. Yeah. You know, and I, and let me tell you something. I'll play that game just to see Fran the whole <laughs> fucking time. It took, his, it took us six minutes, but I wondered when you were going to start Holy talking about Fran. Holy shit. Fran. <laughs> The voice, the looks, God. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, all the characters look good in that game, right? Yes. I, I was I was a little worried about the main character, but I actually like like the main character looks all right. Like he's he's a child, but I mean right. Akihiko Yoshida's art is fantastic. And here I go again, Matt. One of those lovely stories you love so much. Um, actually, I met Isamu, him. <laughs> Isamu-san, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Isamu Kami Kogyuryo. He has a really difficult Japanese name, actually. Yeah. I think it's uh, Kami Kogyuryo-san. Um, he was one of the concept, no, one of the main concept artists. So one of the artists on the game, and he's the, actually the guy who designed like a lot of the characters. Ate a burrito with him once in Kyoto. <laughs> and now, Just sat I didn't down even and ate a burrito. Just he came to one of those taco nights we have because um, a friend of mine is another artist who uh, runs a studio here in Kyoto. I'm actually wearing his studio shirt now, 17-bit. 17 17 and he, back in the day when he was, he he, he did a partnership with the Square or something. He's old, he's old dude, Jake yeah. Kuzdal. Um, But he worked on like Res and stuff. And he invited Isama-san to come to the taco night. And yeah, I was talking to him and it took me like 20 minutes before somebody told me who he was. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Dude who did Final Fantasy 12. Right. Okay. Now he's like working with some sort of freelancer. But anyway, back to the point being that the art in that game, I think is like top notch. And I'm so glad there are games like Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff like that, that are not like, you know, Nomura doing everything like all the time. Why Nomura all the time? But Wait, 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 we gotta get back to the burrito here. Like, like, do you have burritos in Japan? I didn't know you had burritos in Japan. We have some pretty good burritos in Japan. Burrito? I feel like Mex. I feel like Mexican food. I'm, and this is coming from an English person, Whoa. so you can deny everything I'm Whoa. saying. Because I obviously English people don't know shit about Mexican food, but to my taste buds, the burrito is is very good, especially here in Kyoto. There's like three places in Kyoto for Mexican food, and they're all pretty top notch really so that was that was the that was the possibly enjoyable part of that conversation apart from the fact that i got to talk about final fantasy 12 which <laughs> you know is a game that not that many people are into compared to the rest of the series of yeah. games which does surprise me but, but okay well, the rest of the series are we talking about like we're talking about the sevens the eights oh uh, yeah we're, to, we're talking about we're not talking about like the isn't... one through five right like no one talks about one through five well, four and five and six, yes, people talk about. Four, Nobody five, talks about four, one, four and five, two, two, and three. Oh, okay, I four was... is ma- four. Four is four is one of my favorites, and really? so, so okay. my trifecta is yeah. obscure. Obviously, minus Final Fantasy Tactics because you know that's a spinoff. Four, <laughs> six, and twelve are personally my favorites. I am a fan of, but not the biggest fan of. Eight, seven, and nine, and I actually am somebody who doesn't like nine that much. So, mm. I personally, I played four on the PSP, the the complete collection that did the remaster, and I thought that was a hell of a good game. Six, of course, everybody knows is one of my is my favorite Final Fantasy, but twelve is one I played on the PS2 when I was in university, and this is after I'd got into the series by playing like you know ten and everything back then. And I loved it. I had a great time with it. And I didn't know about all of the sort of like distaste for it. I don't know why. Maybe because it was just, it came after 10. It was the next main game after yeah. 10, 11 being the MMO. And people were like, well, 10 is one of the best games of all time. Wait, which what? arguably. It, really? It, it, 
A lot of people, yeah, 10 is easily, like, it's, in Japan, it's the number one. With Titus and the fucking Blitzball bullshit? Hey, really? I like 10 as well. Come on, calm down. 10's, 10's great, too. I, I beat it. I beat it. And I like I liked 10, too, as well. I mean, in, I in Japan, say, 10 is, yeah. In Japan, 10 is the no, number one ranked. 7 is, two, no is number two. No way. Yeah, 10 is the most liked Final Fantasy in Japan. That's so interesting to me. Oh, I guess Yuna was in it. Yuna, that was when Yuna appeared, right? And she's like iconic, right? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. and it's the first, like, not the first, but it's the first, like, next-gen Final Fantasy. So you had 7 go from, like, you know, the 2D to the 3D, but then you had 8, 9, which, you know, didn't improve much. Looks great. Mm -hmm. I mean, arguably 8 looks, like, wank, but... Mm -hmm. It was 10 that truly then everyone was like, holy fuck, this game is gorgeous. Those CGI graphics and everything. Oh my God, like gonna yeah. blow my load kind of feeling about it. Yeah. Um, but then 12, I feel like it was such a drastic change, like going to Ivelisse, have, not having the same sort of character designers, having completely wild battle system and stuff. Obviously the start is very slow and, you know, let's not beat around the bush here, right? Like Vaughn is a piece of shit and nobody likes him which is fine. I understand that. But, you know, as the game goes on and you meet more people and you have, like, Balthier and Fran and everybody in your team, like, come on, that game gets really good and you get to be a sky pirate. A sky pirate. Like, how cool yeah. is that? I, I want to get to that point. It, 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 it's, it's funny, like, it, that's why I said I wish I played these games back then. Because back then, our tolerance for, like, moments of story fuck-ups uh, mm. and moments of like bad voice acting didn't really get us like like you know didn't really shock us much you know it's just like oh okay yeah yeah we, we were just listening and enjoying the experience nowadays we, we have so much tv shows and all, all this like you know like back in the days we had action films that were like extremely popular mm. that were all corny and shit like we didn't care about that now we kind of do. Now you've realized certain things. <laughs> you know, at least I didn't care about it when I was younger. Now I kind of do. <laughs> so when I See, watch it. I probably it, care less these days. <laughs> huh? You care about it I less? Probably, I, I think just, I care about I, more honestly, these days. Yeah. Somebody, like, I, I saw, like, a thread recently about Destiny and, like, people talking about does story matter in video games again, like that old chestnut and stuff. And it came yeah. to him with the realization that, it really takes a lot for me to give a shit about stories in video games mm. these days because they're all not Oh, yeah, that's that right. Great. That's right. I remember you saying that. Right, right. I, I like it needs to be it needs to be just decent enough, but mostly mm. the gameplay. So oh, when the yeah, gameplay is not like solid, like the story has to kind of carry it for me. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And the gameplay is just like, uh, you know, puzzles are easy. Like it's it not to say it needs to be hard because I'm I'm not a fan of hard, hard, hard puzzles. You know, I like that easy like going like, okay, this makes sense puzzles. Not too easy, but makes sense puzzles. Um, yeah, but I think I think I want to push through to try to get because I mean I pushed through Final Fantasy seven and nine, so I should be able to do this. But it, and fifteen. I did. I did push through fifteen. It, I think yo. you. I think you will like this game more than fifteen by the end. To be honest, I really. Think. I mean, friends in it though. Whew. That's enough to play. Like, come on, that's enough. <laughs> hey, hey, man, that race is in Final Fantasy fourteen now. So you know you can be 
the uh what are they called what's the race called uh vera 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 veras something like that especially the the vra i think it is no uh why can i don't remember this yeah i I I almost, I said I wasn't gonna play fourteen until I um bought the new you expansion because when I saw it I was like yeah, yeah you're right I was like I am going to play that race that is it I am done I'm gonna be a so samurai you, you can you can be her in <laughs> in Final Fantasy fourteen now I remember when it came out like how the dudes look dudes look good no they're only women I think oh really wait what. Is that? Yeah, wait. I think. Well, oh, I think seriously? In, in 14, yeah, it's only Vieras are women. I, I could be wrong here. Wait, there's something about it. Um, How do they. Did it come out of eggs or. <laughs> I, I are we going to find this out right now? Maybe. Right? I don't know. Did they, how do they. How wait, do they do wait. Vieira 14 male. Wait. All Vieira that have appeared in the franchise have been female, although male Vieira do exist. Yeah, so no, you can't you can't be a male Vieira. Yeah. You can only be female Vieras. Which is fine. Interesting. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I guess so. Did you ever well, no, you won't have played, but did you ever play the the literal sequel to Final Fantasy Twelve? No. What? There was a sequel on DS called Final Fantasy Twelve Revenant Wings. Oh, I do remember that name. And it was pretty garbage. Oh, why? I why was it garbage? Like was it made by somebody else? Uh, I, I can't remember. I think so. Oh, they're called Think and Feel, uh, co-developed with Square Enix. Um, mm. it, it was kind of meant to be a bit like Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff like that, like bringing that back, but using the 12 stuff. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's completely different to 12 because it doesn't have 12's unique battle system. And you mostly play as Vaughn. And Vaughn sucks. So. Wait, who's, 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 who's Vaughn again? Vaughn is the main the, guy? The, yeah, the, the, the orphan boy in 12. Yeah. He's the, re- he's the reason why I didn't play when I was younger. When I saw him, I remember them talking about how they changed the character. He was supposed to be uh, Bosch supposed to be bosh the older dude yeah 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 and, and they changed it because you know yeah young boys is boys yeah boys want to play <laughs> like like boy, the whole yeah. near issue all over again like why do they do it in japan well i guess we can answer that question in wait 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 by they, just saying Nier? japan they changed near in what the original near or not yeah Auto the Tomato? original near okay wait I don't know. You know about this, right? No, we no. didn't. We, I thought we just uh, okay. So in the, the original Nia, mm-hmm. the one on PS3, yeah, Nia has two versions, like a Western version and a Japanese version. And in the Western version, it's like a burly male oh. character with like leather straps all over him and shit. And then in Japan, he's like a little anime boy as the main character instead. And they're like tangentially related. I can't remember how. Wow, I'm not doing a very good episode at remembering things this today. Really? Um, yes. So they are two different things, and you can sort of Google it, and you'll notice that they're two different characters entirely. Um, yeah, they're not even just like models. They're two different characters. Um, but the remake is only going to have the Western... I think the... Wait, no. 
I can't remember which one the remake is going to have, but both versions are going to have the same character this time, not two different versions. The anime boy looks cool, though. That's so weird. He does. I mean, yeah, so the, the Western one was called Near Gestalt, and mm. then the Japanese one was called Near Replicant. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Like, you know, Japan, just like anime boys, I guess. It makes sense. Usually, like, big burly guys are tanks in Japanese, so they yeah. tend to be main characters because tanks aren't main characters. <laughs> you got to have the pretty roguelike warrior main boy. I kind of wonder what the stats is with what people play the most. And I, I don't mean just gamers. I mean, just like the you random mean just dude plays that walks in. Yeah, yeah. It, the random dude that, <laughs> that walks into GameStop. Like, would he grab someone off the cover if, the, if it's a dude or it's a girl or if the dude is really burly? Definitely, I think, like, you know, when I was working in a video game shop, like, what? Oh, God. 10, 11 years ago now. Yeah. It was a lot of based on the cover, right? We had yes. games media, but you know, your average yes. punter is going to go into a store, pick up a, a game box. I remember I used to do it with like DS games, like speaking of like Final Fantasy XII Revenant Wings, uh, whatever it was called. I, they, I always like looking for those type of rare gem stuff. Like I, it, mm. I did it with like that and right. uh, with the, the Final Fantasy VI. Uh, oh, was it was it six? Uh, the GBA one. And then, like, four or th- and on the 3DS remake, like the 3D remakes, and all sorts of, like, weird JRPGs that used to get on DS. And, like, I'd not read anything about them. I just picked them up based on the fact that what was... Like, I picked up Inazuma 11 because I just picked up the case, and it was really cool looking. And it felt fun to, like, you know, walk in and just buy a game based right. on... play something What is that random. presentation to you? Yes. I miss that. It's interesting. I miss that, man. Yeah. Those days are gone. Those, long gone. Those days are long. I mean, this game stopped now. Like, yeah. They always go in there like, oh, you want to pre-order the new AAA title? Like, no. Maybe Steam Pages now is like the, the, closest the equivalent. Because you do it quite frequently, right? Quite you go digging. Yes. <laughs> I go fishing. If go fishing. <laughs> fishing. Fishing for something good, so, man. Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy XII. Final oh, Fantasy XII. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so do you reckon you're going to finish it? Yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like I definitely have to try. I mean, like, because, um, you know, I'm invested. I do, I do, I've... I, you just want to see Fran's booty to I, the I end. Beat, I beat, yeah. <laughs> I beat seven, nine, um... Is that all? I've only beat those two on this podcast. I thought you beat ten. Oh, on this podcast. Oh, I, well, yeah, on yeah, this yeah. podcast. Yeah, no, fifteen. You beat fifteen. And I beat, beat 15. fifteen. I know there was one more. So I think I think I should I should I should do twelve. Don't because do I, yourself I, a disservice. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I want to. I wanted to play a, a something that's not as popular as you know everyone's stuff is. I want to go back yes. and play six, but like I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to be in the mood for um. For some old school stuff. Is six the one where you pick up the train and slam it on someone? Yes. Okay. I might have to play six. <laughs> it's the one, one with Kefka. It's the best one. It's my favorite. It's awesome. Okay. Um, but it is, you know, a Super Nintendo RPG. So yeah, it's old school. Yeah. You I, have to bear with it that little bit. <laughs> it, it, I have it right here. Uh, oh, I have the two boxes right here of the so oh, many shit, good RPGs everything. on Super Nintendo. Oh wow. Man, I love those yeah. box arts, man. Got the Japanese boxes of Final Fantasy 6 and Chrono Trigger right here. Always mm. with me. 
for inspiration. <laughs> oh, it reminds me of Super Mario RPG. Oh my god, I, that game was great. <laughs> game also, was so great. Great. yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I think you'd enjoy six. Like, yeah. there are RPGs for the Super Nintendo, but the story of six and the way it carries itself is still like unrivaled in many ways to me. Um, I haven't gone back. I I think I played it. You know, when the Super like the mini classic came out, like the little Super Nintendo classic. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I played it last, and that so that was what three, four years ago now, classic. maybe. Classic. Yeah. yeah, good old classic. Good old classic. Um, what have you been playing, my friend? Well, so I, Ooh, um, guy. Uh, actually, like I, I've done a lot. I played a lot of different things, but I'm looking. I haven't at one played of them. them. Holy shit! So I haven't played. Any extensively, but I've played a lot, like a varied amount for like a couple of hours each, not like in depth in any of them. But the main one I've been playing and the one I want to talk about is part-time UFO. Mm -hmm. Matt, did you see this? No, I haven't. I'm going to look it up now. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know, a bit of content filler is that there was the Nintendo Partner Direct dropped last week, late last week. Um, you know, it's the last one of the year and it shows all the third party teams and what they're doing. And, you know, it's not a real Nintendo Direct. Supposedly, everybody gets a bit pissed because it's not, you know, actually Nintendo. Oh, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. actually pretty good. And there was a lot of announcements in there. You know, some of the stuff about uh, what was it? The control cloud version is coming out like uh, or came out that day. Um and the big one being the Hyrule, uh, the Calamity of Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, etc., etc. Um, the demo for that came out, which I also did play, which I can talk about in a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the main one is there's a Switch version of Part-Time UFO, which originally was a, I don't know if it's this version or, or a previous version, it was a iOS and Android game made by HAL Laboratories. So the guys who make Kirby and uh, what is the other? Oh, Box Boy and all those games, those lovely little games, you know, the original makers of Smash Brothers, you know, Sakurai's studio, Iwata-san's studio. And, and one of their most recent games is Part-Time UFO, which is possibly one of the best little games I've played this year. It is freaking adorable. So if you haven't played Box Boy either, Box Boy was like a small title released digitally on the originally the the 3DS eShop like back in the day. And then since then, it's gained quite a few different sequels because it was popular. And it was about this little box with eyes that did puzzles or whatever. Well, their new game is this tiny little UFO, which is like a UFO catcher, like, you know, a crane game, you yeah. know, where you pick toys up. Uh -huh. out of like a out of like a glass thing well in japan anybody who's been to japan will know that crane games like ufo catches are freaking mega popular yeah like super super popular so it's no surprise a little game made by a japanese developer about a basically the claw from toy story yeah but he's this adorable little ufo and the idea is crash lands on earth and he gets a little Japanese apartment, which, by the way, is fucking adorable. And then he goes and he does part-time jobs, lifting stuff and stacking them on top of each other for people to earn money so he can buy little cute outfits 
and then just live in his little Japanese apartment. And it is just wonderful. He could like, change your little guy too, I'm seeing. Yeah, it's truly... Anybody who's listening to this now who can, just go look at some gameplay and listen to the music for it. It remind, The music reminds me a lot of Loco Roco back on the PSP. Ooh, Very similar, like okay. Vocaloid styling. Um, just adorable. But the gameplay is just lovely. It feels really good. Like, obviously, you're just picking stuff up and, like, dropping them. But it's all physics-based. So when you pick them up, the weight of the object will, like, pull. And, it'll you know, you'll have to really fight against it to lift it up. And then when you stack things on top of each other, they'll miss a line. And you'll have to try and, like, slowly put them down. And it it feels, like, you know, typically, like, a Nintendo game. Feels really tight. Controls are really simple but really good. And... You just go around doing odd jobs and every mission is like you're either on a farm and you have to pick up some cows and stack them into the back of a van or you have to go to like a toy store and then like fill a shopping cart full of toys for kids and you're trying to balance them on top of each other. So each mission generally has an objective that you have to do within a time limit, um, whether it's like stack five statues, etc., etc. Um, But in each mission, there are three um different alternative goals as well typical like mission mini games style stuff and then essentially you just try and get three medals for each stage you complete it you get money you buy costumes you go on to the next stage do it there's a couple of other little games in there as well like a one that's like an infinitive stacking game where you just try and stack as many as you can balancing them for as long as possible um it's tight it's literally i think only ten dollars it is just delightful, and I'm loving the heck out of it. I just pick it up and I play it in bed. I woke up Saturday morning with a hangover. I just ordered a McDonald's breakfast, Me too. picked up my Switch, <laughs> and I had the most egregiously lazy and just delightful morning where I was playing this game and eating a burger feeling disgusting. It was awesome. But if you've got a Switch and you want something that will make you feel something in this year <laughs> oh i know if you feeling. want something yeah. i think i think i'm gonna recommend this game to george because it might it might share our old pal up considering this type of week um it might it might be too stressful having to like you know have a part no, a part-time do you, job do you, you know? Know, do you know what do you know what do you know what do you know what's so great about it what i really like about it is when you when you stack something and it falls over you're not that bothered. You just you're not bothered because you get to pick them all up again and stack them again, and it's fun. It, but there's a time limit. There's a time limit. So yeah, but the time limit is not stressful because you can go over the time. The time limit is there only for you to try and get the bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the game is very generous. It doesn't like give you 120 seconds. It's like you must finish it right now, otherwise you're fucked. It doesn't yeah. do that kind of thing. It um. You know, it just encourages you to be a bit faster and try and stack things. And it's the pixel art is delightful. The UFO moves and feels great and has all of these adorable little costumes. I have like he looks like a little robot when I play as him. It's uh, it's it's great. I'm really enjoying it. And he has this just this adorable little like every time you finish a mission, it goes back to the main title. And he's just in this little like if you ever wanted to know what a Japanese apartment looks like. Just look at his little apartment 
He's in this cute little Japanese apartment and he's just reading the newspaper and just having a whale of a time. And you can see like in the background, you know, if you know Japan, like it's Tokyo Tower in the background. So you can kind of gauge that where his apartment is. Um, but it's such a surprise because I didn't get chance to play the iOS or the Android version of the game. Originally, I lo- I was like kind of interested, but I didn't play it. Um, and it was, uh, you know, like a, um, what is it? Portrait. Now with the Switch version, it's completely landscape, so you can see the whole stage, yeah. and they've made it a bit bigger and stuff now. And it's just a, oh, it's a, it's a delight. I will. This is a type of game that I like. You know, people who listen to me a lot know that I would love, and mm. the type of game that inspires me to make more games because it's the type of game I would want to make, like actively would want to make, like this just really good feeling, positive, good looking adventure with this adorable little character yeah so i would highly recommend this game and it's literally like nine or ten bucks like you should you should dive in and be a part-time ufo if you haven't already so that that came out Mm -hmm. Uh, it was dropped dropped like it was hot Hot. (laughs) and alongside it was the the hyrule warriors age of calamity yeah i was looking Um, at this this looks dope it's been six years since the last one. This looks completely yes, different. This looks has. like an action game, man. Well, it is. It's a it's a Musou game. It is basically a Dynasty Warriors game, same as the original Hyrule Warriors. But it is, of course, a prequel to Breath of the Wild, which Whoa. is the amazing part of this, right? So the big thing is that it tells the story of the setup of Breath of the Wild, which is when Ganon came back and they went to war and Link got put in the stasis and how they, you know, all of the champions of Hyrule, yeah, um, how they came together. And supposedly it tells that story. It is exactly as you'd expect. If you played Hyrule Warriors, uh-huh. it's the same game. But it does feel quite nice because... It is in the Breath of the Wild engine, I think. It, it definitely like, has yeah. all of the assets. So yeah. you, it, it is nice because you are returning to Breath of the Wild's high rule. It's a little chop and changed. It's not the full experience. You can't just run around the giant open world. Um, it's quite segmented. But it is the same environment, and, and it feels nice to be back like in that area again. Yes, albeit very, very strange because you're destroying... like a thousand goblins like every 10 seconds and just completely annihilating them with like with just link having infinite (laughs) weapons to his disposal that don't Um, break so which is great that don't break so the whole of the the demo is the first chapter of the game i only played the first mission um and then I switch back to part-time UFO pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's as you'd expect. It's really good fun if you like those types of games. I don't think it's going to sell you if you already mm. don't like Musou games. You're not going to yeah. be that impressed. I will admit, Impa, the young Impa, being a character, she is really fun to play. Like her magic is very different, and you can do like all these weird setups, and you can like drop different clones of yourself to do stuff. Um, I couldn't quite figure out exactly what to do, but like you could just mash the buttons and she'd do really cool shit. Yeah. Like it felt really good. But typically, annoyingly, like most Musou games, the frame rate is is garbage. It's garbage. It's like 20 if you're lucky. And if you play in handheld mode, it's even worse. 
Um, so don't expect it to be a technical marvel. Of course, it's on Nintendo Switch. It is not. It doesn't run very well. Um, but if you liked Hyrule Warriors, or if you were interested in the Musou games, and you want to go back to the Breath of the Wild Hyrule, then I think you, I think you have some fun. And the save game data from this carries over into the next game, uh, into the actual full release. So uh, you get it. Okay. So if you complete the first chapter, you can then just start the second chapter when you buy the full game when it comes out, which is pretty good. Yeah. It's nice. I like when I like. I've never been a Dynasty Warriors type of dude. So, like, so I was just going to ask you, yeah. did, did you ever get into the Dynasty Warriors games? Never got into it. Like I would play a little bit. I remember buying a couple from GameStop and I was just like, this is not for me. It's just like. Yeah. I, I think a big problem for like the Musou games originally was the fact that, and this is by no means a, a, a bad thing, it's just what it was, was that it was always wrapped in, you know, that the Chinese mythology of the Three Kingdoms, you know, and that never changed, right? Lu Bu and all of those guys, yeah. which kind of is maybe not the most well-told story in the West at all, even though, you know, it's one of Japan's, you know, uh, not Japan's, China's most famous cultural significance right the romance of the three kingdoms and yeah and, and all that kind of stuff uh, but then once they started doing more spin-offs like i i bought the fire emblem one and i played that fire emblem warriors and i had a good time with that um even though it was typically just a missile game and they did hyrule warriors now more people are really getting there was a berserk one that was really fun i actually really did enjoy that one and there's been all sorts you know the one piece series has a musa spin-off series all sorts of different anime series now have like Muso spin-offs made by Koei Tecmo. It is kind of interesting that more and more people are starting to like this kind of style of game, even though they are just basically interchangeable skins. Yeah. I think, you know, they just let Omega Force just do whatever, right? It's <laughs> weird. Now I'm thinking back. I've played a lot of Muso games, like the Attack on Titan one. It was one. That was good. That was, oh, that was a really good one because the movement in that game yeah was like top tier because it was like it felt like attack on titan like you the the you know firing your little yeah you, you what 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 do they call them like the electric wires out uh, the the air air gear or something gear uh, something like that yeah and then it, it would literally like fly you towards a building and then you could launch off it into the air and it it was really good um and you know the titans are massive and that was really fun um, and then you had the Dragon Quest Heroes game, which at the time, I remember when it it was like early PS4, I think. And like the graphics, everyone was like, whoa, that <laughs> looks sick. Like it looked really good, like really tasty. Um, and then that had a sequel as well. So uh, there's a lot of different. You've got um, the One Piece, I think, you know, uh, oh, even wow, like One Piece. Um, I think uh, did it the Atelier series have one as well? I think it's just like Omega Force, like smashing smashing them out every year, just changing out. I think there was like Gundam ones as well, like Gundam Musou games. There is obviously oh, the yeah, they've done everything. Yeah, it's like platinum games over there. Samurai Warriors, which was based on the Sengoku uh, Sengoku Musou or Sengoku Basara uh, stuff. There's a lot of them. Wow. Uh, oh, and the uh, the. <laughs> The Fist of the North Star one as well, Hokuto no Ken. Like there was the uh, the one on PS3, and that was that was really fun. 
So actually, there's been a fair amount of Musou games these days that are like actually pretty good. So when I think back now, because I blank these from my mind, they're all like the same. But when I think back to the Attack on Titan one, that was a really quite special one because I would much prefer to play that than Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. Because it changes up. Like Hyrule Warriors, there's no special thing to it other than, you know, attacking with a sword. Well, in Link's case. Maybe some of the. I'm interested to see how some of the champions play. Um, you saw the. You saw the trailer. Like you do different things. It seems. It seems like that's all they showed. There's a lot of cutscenes. It seems like I think it's really heavily story focused. Like yeah. the setup for it is that there's like this mini guardian, like this pet guardian, that goes back in time to when the calamity happens. I think is going to warn them of what happens afterwards, and Impa's going to figure it out or something. There's a lot of focus on Emperor and this like tiny little baby guardian, um, which is like a friendly guardian. And it's still going to happen anyways. Yeah. This is what happens. And obviously Persona 5 had one recently, right? Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers for Nintendo Switch and PS4. Oh, what? Uh, really? Yeah. And, which is not getting a Western localization, it seems. Um, you know, that had one as well. So it's crazy. Like these guys are just pumping this shit out, man. It's fair play to them. And they're not exactly like, bad they're just what they are legend of Korra, or uh, that that's that quality i'm thinking about legend of Korra by platinum games i can't believe i beat that game but like uh yeah that, that is not i don't think that's a very good example considering how poorly that reviewed that thing was <laughs> no I, I, that was I a think, game right there i think fair play to these guys they're kind of doing the um what are they doing it, you know, oh, you know, studios that take other IPs, they don't have really have their own. They take other IPs and then they faithfully recreate them, like, without messing with them too much. And then just yeah. present you, like, a nice dessert, like a, like a chocolate cheesecake that you know what to expect going into it. It's not going to be the best thing in the world, but you know you're going to, like, find some enjoyment in it. And it's not that special, but, you know, you just eat it anyway and it's fine. So I feel like the the you know Age of Calamity is probably gonna be <laughs> the same towards I, the end of the full version. Yeah, hopefully not. I I want to Scorchbringer does look pretty cool, but I really want to know how you like I can fell. <laughs> how much have you played of, of it first? Not that much, I'll be honest. Not that much, but like an I, hour? I, more more yeah more probably about two or three. Um, okay, I've definitely played more of it than I have of uh, Scourge Bringer, which is the other game I played this week, which mm. is the new sort of roguelike on Xbox, also on Xbox Game Pass alongside Ikenfell. Ikenfell is really putting me off because I don't know how to pronounce it. Like I, I keep doing the Japanese Ikenfell like at the beginning. Yeah, it I don't know like a Japanese word. Yeah, some people pronounce um, it differently too. Mm, Ikenfell, but both are on Xbox Game Pass. And after you talking about it last week, I immediately downloaded it. Uh, Ikenfell. And gave it a go. And I'm about okay. three hours in now. Okay. Okay. And I think it's I think it's very good. Are you, are you I am I are, are you are you joshing me right now, Liam? No, like I think it's very good, but I don't know how long that's gonna last with me. And do you know what it is? What? It's the battle system. Oh no. Only because right, so for those who don't know. Uh, it's like uh, it kind of reminds me of Pokemon, like a little bit, like the the mm. you know the it, it like if you think back to like GBA Pokemon games where you had you know the square just the 
the square area and you walk around the area. Then you go to the next square and you walk around the area, kind of like original Zelda. And it's very poppy, pixel arty, lovely. I, I think mm-hmm. the game is lovely. Uh, and the music is well, the music is amazing. And the battle system is really, really good. But it's very, very slow. Like slow. battles with battles with enemies yeah. take a lot longer than I want them to. So if you think so for the the way battles work in Ekenfell is that you're on this like grid and it's kind of slanted to the side. So it's almost isometric. And the idea is that you move kind of similar to, you know, Mega Man Battle Network, as you were saying, and you move on this grid towards your enemies, almost like chess pieces. And then each similar to games like Final Fantasy Tactics, et cetera, et cetera, you have magic spells that you can do and they move a certain amount of spaces uh, and that kind of thing. But what makes Ekenfell interesting is like each spell has like a certain range. Some go across all of the tiles. Some you have to aim like two, uh, two tiles later. But then when you attack, it's like Paper Mario where when the attack is about to land, your timing of a button press m- makes the attack do more damage. So it can be like one. It can be like significantly uh, more damage. Significantly yeah. more damage. You can't um, play the game without doing it. <laughs> let's, yes. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so you, so you you are always engaged in that regard. Yes. And then you, and what is super unique about Ekenfell, and it's the same with uh, defending. So when an enemy attacks you, you have to also then time the press to deal less damage to yourself. So mm-hmm. the better the timing, the less damage you take, and that is really cool. But what is Super cool about you can fail in that regard is that each animation for an attack and an enemy attack is different. It's not like just a generic fireball that comes across yeah. and you can get used to the timing. Each enemy has a different timed attack that depends on the distance of how far they are away from you and also mm-hmm. how the attack of the animation is. So you have to be on your guard to get the timing because if one enemy attacks, it might take two seconds to reach you. And then the next enemy attacks and it might take one second. Like, you know, it it's different. It's not just generic fireball flies across and you're like playing yeah. tennis or something like that. So yeah. that's really smart. The problem is like, if you think back to like JRPGs or, or games similar to this, when you play those, cause there's a lot of enemies in Ekenfell, isn't there? There's like, even just getting to the school in the beginning, like, each square, yeah. it takes a long time. There's like maybe two or three enemies in most squares, like most square areas yeah. where you go. Is that each battle is like you start opposite sides of the grid and then you have to like, first of all, you have to move really close to them to start doing it. And that takes at least two to almost two turns. And then once you start doing it, depending on how good your button timing is, battles can take a lot longer and it's not, it doesn't, because the enemies are so shit, right? It mm. feels like, I'm just like, it, it feels a bit um, just drawn out. Like, why am I, why are battles so early on taking like five minutes, right? That kind I of thing. I think it's because you, you haven't, you haven't learned like the game yet. And, okay, and, okay. But that's a fair, it's a fair criticism though. It, it, it's, it's the, the very reason why people, some people didn't like it. It's very tiring. To some, it like, is like you have if you're not on top of it if you're not getting greats which is when you press it right you're not doing the maximum max amount of damage mm. and the battles will take longer and if you're getting hit all the time and you just you're always you're always missing your your defensive um um buttons then 
you're going to get hit and you're going to do a potion. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. if you're not used to it, it's going to take longer. They, um, uh, it is kind of dry. like the way the game introduced the battle system is really good. But then there is this moment between then and the next big story beat when you get like trying to get into the school. There's like 20 or so battles like in there if you try and attack every enemy, which is so different to most games. Like in terms of their curvature, like it'll give you maybe one or two battles to try and experiment and give some stuff. There's a lot of battles and there's like two boss battles almost like the one with the the two wizards who show up, the one with the candle lantern that merges and then the one in the basement of the like the tavern. All of this before like you've got even to like some of the main bits about the story it's so interesting like i didn't even think about them as like boss battles so i think i would have loved to see you play to understand like i guess like where that's coming from but i can understand though i can definitely understand because i can mm. that's that's like the that's like the thing that i see like yeah some people are not gonna like this because it's gonna you know like you have to focus this is not this is not like FF twelve, right? Like you yeah, can't just yeah, like absolutely. set up gambits and like, all right, time to chill, you know, and press fast forward. Like this game, mm. like you have to pay attention or you will be punished by time. Mm. Or die later on. It's definitely not a criticism of the battle system itself, which I think is really good. Mm. I, I think it's just all of the stuff around it. Like when you when you sneak up on enemies. If if it allowed you to automatically be closer to them and like mm. allow you an advantage attack in the beginning instead of having that set up move forward, like I think it's the moving forward in the beginning that is also quite slow. You may and, not want that. Mm. There are protection spells. There's there's all sorts of stuff that you can do. There, uh, I, I guess I don't know if this is really spoiled. There's there's people that you get that have long range spells that you want to be distant. Okay, okay. There's so many, like, you don't want to be close all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's an interesting way to start the game then. Like, they in- mm-hmm. obviously they introduced this really interesting battle system. I actually really like it. But then they follow up by the, the almost immediate next section of the game being really slow, full of enemies. And, like, you're like, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Well, okay. This battle system is quite slow. Because once you get into the school, it's different. It's a bit okay. different. It's I'm because gonna, like yeah. the characters come in and you're like, oh shit. Like it, there's a lot of moments mm. like you haven't hit yet. Yeah. Um and so I, all, I, right now you're you're on this like very depressing spiral right now in the beginning of the story. <laughs> and you know, yeah. you like you meet the girl and she's just like, Oh, you know, like But I do I do I think I understand what you're saying last week like I do really like the writing and like some of the introductions to characters have been great. Um, oh, you have no idea. Oh, awesome. Oh I'm excited. God. I'm excited. I'm re- okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. So there's going to be a moment where you're going to be like, "Oh shit." <laughs> ultimately, oh, okay. very yeah. positive so far apart oh, from yeah, that. Yeah. So, I st- <laughs> it's interesting cuz it's the first game that I've so I started doing this thing recently. Um, yeah. And I've done it for part-time UFO, this, and a couple of other games that I were in the back catalog. But I started with Ikenfell, which was a friend of mine um, who's a game designer, a very prominent, successful game designer. He <laughs> showed me this right. thing. Like, he uh-huh. was like, oh, have I shown you this before? And I was like, oh, no, I don't know what it is. And he just handed me, like, a, a, a notebook. 
and it was just full for like a year, like a whole year's worth of games he's played, and then the just bullet point notes on every right. game he's played. Like, That's good. Just, yeah. but it wasn't like a review. They were just bullet points of like the HP of this enemy was really smart because at X and X, right? It wasn't like, oh, I really like this or this. The Bible. It, it was like technical stuff that was like, oh, they, you know, in this battle system, they do this. And it was like reading some of his notes. Obviously, he's an incredibly smart guy. Uh, but the things he noticed and like clarifying for myself, like like trying to flip through and find games that I've played and to see how, it, if it matches up with how I feel, was super interesting, but it was such a good practice. And obviously seeing the games he's designed in the past and how successful they've been, like the fact that he's been doing that for a year shows like sort of the thought process of how you can do that kind of stuff. So it's something I wanted to start doing myself. So I recently bought like a pretty expensive notebook, like kind of setup, so I could carry it with me all the time and, you know, try to stick with it. And yeah. I started with Ikenfell. Ikenfell was the first game I started doing yeah. this thing about. And I wrote like a whole, like the notebook's not that big, but I yeah. wrote like a whole page of bullet points about stuff that I noticed that I really liked. Mm. Like, for example, the game has three different character sprites for every character. It yeah. has the, the, the world sprite, which is like 32 by 32. Then it has, mm. you know, the main character narrative sprite for when text dialogue's happening, which is like right. a huge 128 by 128 sprite. And then it has a battle sprite as well, which is not a copy of the world sprite, which is then a 64 by 64 bit version of that character as well. And I, I found that super interesting. I don't know many games where you would have three different character sprites for the different situations and i thought that was super interesting and there was a lot of little things about that about you can fail i really liked one of the big things about you can fail as well is that every little thing whether if you hit like a fence or you like fall over or something there is an audio effect that goes with it that adds to that polish mm. that is really nice which kind of frustrates me that currently the battle music is the same every time and i hate the do 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 like at the beginning of a fight like that kind yeah, of yeah. little guitar bit yeah 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 because everything else is like top notch on top. Mm. And some of the ways they manipulate sprites to do stuff, like when she nods, like in the world sprite, like it's basically just the front half of her oh face just, just wiggles up and down. And it's awesome. And it works. Yeah, and it it's works. really, yeah, really yeah, yeah. cheap and easy. And it's that kind of stuff that I've been writing down and making notes of. I feel like Eganville is a really good game to start with for that, considering I think it was mostly made by one person. So, you know, those kind of corners you have to cut when you're making a game by yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, since then I've started doing it about, you know, part-time UFO and other games like that. And it's been really cathartic to be like, because there's a lot of times when designing games where you're like, oh, like you, you, you need something like a HP bar or something. And you're like, okay, and we need to, you know, represent health to the player. Like, what is a smart way of doing that? And you're kind of racking your brain, like of every game you've ever played and been like, oh, that game had a really nice visual way of showing like health in this game. Like, oh, how did it look? So Having hopefully by the end of like next year or something in the future, this, you know, this Bible of my own that has yeah. all of these different um, breakdowns. But I tend not to write like whether I like it or not. I'm just like something yeah. negative, something positive about the game design or something that I would change personally. Like, like for example, the bringing up of the moving forward and, and speeding up the battle system. I, yeah. I felt like that was one of the things I wrote down immediately. So that's yeah. been helpful. I am looking forward to playing more. Of it for sure. I hope it does. I, I I hope so. It's okay if you if you don't like. I understand it's tiring, but like, if you at least get to some of the parts, you know, and then you can hear the difference, the different music. 
um it that does comes up it, later. It, it does it does remind it, it, it me of just an nice. old gba game and, and that's why i'm enjoying it a lot yeah yeah it, so have you uh, finished it right oh whoa oh i did i yeah how swallowed it whole liam i couldn't stop playing that game how long oh, do you think it is xbox doesn't show like the time does it um i oh i we could just do um i can how tell, long to beat maybe how long to beat <laughs> how long to beat 15 uh, to 17. 20 hours okay all right does that sound about right you reckon yeah yeah that sounds about right that's pretty good i feel like that's doable for you yeah. know my terrible short attention span <laughs> yeah like it's not like when me and uh my friend patrick were we're playing through persona 4 together now that's a game right there that's a that's a game right there. Okay, that's a beast. Anything under eighty is fine with me. <laughs> Anything under fifteen generally is great for me. <laughs> eighty hours. I can't like I've. That was the last time I spent that long on a game, and I was like, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't think I can do it. Okay, anymore. okay. Well, yeah. hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I'll stick through with it. Um, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. if it majorly doesn't speed up a little bit then may- i don't know maybe <laughs> you're gonna totally give up just like you gave we're, up we're on, on the cusp. that other game Xeno. yeah yeah it, you, do you know do you know that one Wait. of the listeners that were in the q a said i beat the game based on liam's recommendation and now he won't beat the game so he can talk about it on the podcast do, he said that after you left that day and i was like <laughs> i am going to guilt trip him I'm going to guilt trip them. So right. So you now you now you're airing the dirty laundry out and guilt tripping me on air. And I appreciate it. Everybody. Oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> Look, the presidential election is in three days. I wow, can, don't switch. I can finish it before the presidential election. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> there's no way. Look, there's a there's lot no of games way. coming out in the next two weeks. It's freaking next gen. Like, by the time we're recording the next episode of the show, I will probably have a next gen console. So let's, you know, Yo, cut me some slack. There's a lot of games coming out. Demon Souls looks great. <laughs> that new trailer that came out. Oh, my God. Based on that trailer and based yeah. on the reviews of the PS5 controller. Yeah, I've changed my mind. and I'm also probably going to buy a PS5. Oh, my God. Yeah, you might have to wait a little bit. Can you play PS4 on PS5? Is that a thing? Is it like Xbox? Not to the extent... Like, Xbox came out with a news story this week or something where every single Xbox game ever, Xbox original, Xbox 360, Xbox One, minus Kinect games, I think, Eh. um, after something like 500,000 hours of testing, which is insane, (laughs) you'll be able to play every single one, which... Is amazing and yes. fantastic, and Game Pass on top of that is amazing. But I will admit, seeing Demon Souls is like okay, that is next gen. That 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 is that that is that the is the right next there. gen experience, it right? Looks like I do so good. It looks so good. I was like, I I you know the first trailer is like whatever, but when I saw the trailer like a couple of days ago, I like oh my god. Because it's not made by From Software. That's why it looks like that. No, it's, it's made not by made. Blue Point Games, the guys who did the Shadow of the Glasses one. It looks good. So, do you not feel, and this is my only worry. Yeah. My only worry 
is that with the game looking so good and almost so realistic that when he in the trailer or he or she mm-hmm. um was stabbing the spider boss and just like hacking and slashing it looks so odd yeah it did. because the one with the spit in the fire right yeah yeah it's so video gamey yet the game looks so real that the yeah. two almost were like uncanny valley didn't match yeah and it was yeah. a little off putting and I was like, yeah, yeah. do when, they when, really want to show the little this? pincer things, right? When he'll slant Yeah, yeah, and he's just yeah. basically whacking it, and then nothing's happening, right? Like nothing's a little happening. bit of blood. Like it was so video game y. It was weird for them to show that, you know? It was I a strange that, choice. It was a strange like that was like the only strange thing. Cause I was like, I was looking, I was like, uh, maybe this game is not so good. And then all of a sudden it spit fire and you like went all the way back and it almost hit him i was like oh okay that's kind of yeah. that kind that's kind of cool like all the make you already forgot about the little weird animation that was there yeah. before yeah it, you know it, kill him kill him with the the good gorgeous graphics i guess distract them from uh, everything else but when you do, when you see the combat it seems more looser and you have more you interact more with like the enemies which is great i, I would like to see like uh if you have different weapons and different weaponed animations to go with it because that's, that's like a staple for uh for i don't know if you ever seen like um um hackers inside of uh dark souls that they can make their own bosses and stuff but it's the most incredible thing i've i've seen in a video game in a long time and i i hope <laughs> i want to be able to do shit like that <laughs> In in, in mm. some type of Dark Souls eventually, yeah, or Demon Souls or whatever, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but I I wait I wait for my friend because my friend has been waiting for it. I I wait for him to play it. He's like, oh yeah, it's amazing, it's amazing. and then I'll, <laughs> then I'll see, and I'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be a good Christmas gift for myself. Or something. I'm wondering if I'm just I like on the day. I think it's the day I go to Hokkaido, so maybe I'm just gonna go to like Yodabashi or a bit camera in Hokkaido. And camp out early in the morning and try my best to get a PS5. I do want that controller though, because my Xbox 360, my original Xbox 360 broke. Yeah. They don't sell them anymore. The controllers. So I have this off-brand one that I've been using for my games. <laughs> and it does ass. not feel yeah, it does not <laughs> feel as good, man. Let me tell you. And I and at this point. If it's yeah, see, see, oh, see, my my, I have a I have a Xbox One for my o- Oculus, but the something is wrong with the analog stick. Oh, it drifts, and in order to fix it, I have to open it up, and I'm not opening up some fucking controller. I'm just not. I don't. I, I'm. I use this Xbox One controller for my PC. And I still don't know if I like or don't like this controller because I, I yeah. certainly don't like the matte black slippy finish that is all yeah. over this thing. Yeah. But then when I pick up an old Xbox 360 controller, I think I it have just, one around it somewhere. I it don't know whether good. it does, but I don't know whether it feels good now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, okay. like compared to the DualShock 4 or the Switch Pro controller. Like, I, I feel like the weight and the size of controllers have gotten better. And that's probably, yeah. possibly why I don't like the Xbox One controller, because it is so light. There's like, there's nothing in it. Like, you can, mm. it's so plasticky. And one thing I'm excited about with the next-gen controllers, I mean, even though the Xbox Series X controller is pretty much just a better version of this, 
is yeah. that they have like all the grooves and the grips, like like tactile feel to them. Yeah. So they feel not like this crappy glossy matte finish, which just is just sweaty and slippy. And because you're, you're you're paying sixty dollars for that, you know. I know. And I don't yeah. like it. <clears throat> I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I don't like it because like that, that's why I never, I never, I like twelve dollars. For an Xbox 360 controller, that's that's where I'm at, right? Because I I enjoy the feel of an Xbox 360 controller because that's what I grew up with. Um, back when I used to play, like th- that's all I used to play. Mm. But I think sixty dollars for the DualShock Four or whatever five, wherever we're at now, that might that might the way the way how the controller is looking. Maybe not white though. Maybe not white. Oh, the Dual Sense. So the the PS5. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Dual Sense. Sorry. The PS5 one. The Dual Sense. That might be actually work because you've seen the molders in there, right? And how they can. So that's uh, the thing, though. Yeah. I don't know if they work for anything other than PS5 games, right? PS5. Yeah. I- so unless you have a PS5, although I've seen some because they're on sale now in America. Those controllers. Wait. What? Wait, like what? yesterday, they started being shipped i think and you can buy some um and i saw some people tweeting that they were playing it on pc and you know it feels good but you know it doesn't have the motor functionality of course because that's just for ps5 well, games it, right now i think i think they can program it into to, to PC so in the games. future i think they obviously could if it's there but you know unless you're specifically releasing a ps5 version of the game i don't know why you would because then you're having to basically find people who are using ps5 controllers <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. just there for an additional feature but yes i will admit i have been swayed by a lot of the videos coming out by people who are playing it and those adaptive triggers look freaking sweet they do like the fight back on them it's a, it's like a step further into like why you play on like with a controller right like there's something about having a mouse and keyboard that feels good for certain games but i i love playing a controller for controller type of games and just to have that extra like it's like playing vr right you have that extra uh um, um Immersion. You know, a 3D, yeah. you know, yeah. that adds to the game. This, I mean, having that feedback of the the vibrations, mm. you know, every time you walk on the certain surfaces and and maybe there's a moment. Yeah, exactly. And I just think of it like, you know, having played a lot of F1 and racing games recently, yeah. like getting into that, like that, as much as I really want a wheel, like I really want to invest in a wheel, the idea of like, racing and the trigger like when you go over curbs or roads that are bumpy and stuff like fighting back against you and you're trying to like steer the car because you you know you're trying to really push it and then when you can when you can feel what the different surfaces of the road are based on the touch of your hands makes it like oh that that is that is pretty next gen i am excited to feel that i'm scared of how long they last but because that seems like a little I did see like a tear down video today and the actual like whatever it's called, not the spring, but the the thing that rotates that has the teeth is made of plastic. So I don't know uh, if you pull down on the triggers too hard and you sort of shear away some of the plastic and over time it wears down. So maybe the teeth don't grab as easy. I, I can imagine that happening quite easily. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully well, then. we'll just have to wait and see, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but they do look pretty sweet, and everybody who's used one so far is saying pretty raving reviews about it. 
in comparison to the Xbox Series X controller, which is just a standard controller. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have been swayed. I will maybe try and get it in PS5. I don't think I'm going to be able to get hold of one. They're just the stock is completely sold out. So, and that's probably good for my wallet because I'll live vicariously through you. Shouldn't buy two next gen consoles. That's really dumb idea. But I'm a yeah, dumb that's, person. That's that's a lot. I can play Ekin Fell on my PC for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> we keep saying free. We keep, we keep saying, saying free. free. Well, 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 George pays for our Game Pass. Well, he pays for mine. You use your own. I I do use my own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I I don't know why. <laughs> we have one for the podcast. <laughs> what do you mean we can't just like lo- I can't just play what I want all the time, right? We we can't both so. play. I don't. I mean, George have never encountered problems with it. With you both, you guys don't play enough. Same. George just definitely doesn't play enough games. So That's true. We're also you on two on different there. time zones, but yes, yeah. you're right. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah. That is very true. I mean, that's pretty much it for this week, unless you have uh, some additional things that you've been up to this week. You've been a busy boy, so. I've been, I've been a busy boy. Just been working, working, working. Because Daddy is not here. Ooh. And we've already talked about the PS5 controller. We're just going to go right ahead and skip that news because we don't care. We're, oh. we're, we're up in here. <laughs> we're breaking the rules. Like, Georgia has a bunch of stuff down. There was, like, Watch Dog Legion was released, did all right. Amnesia Rebirth released, did all right. Ghost Runner, Matt, one of your interests. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reviewed I'll, I'll nicely. next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something about Vampire the Masquerade is getting turned into a battle royale. Interesting. Don't Wait, know what that's all about. What? <laughs> no okay. idea. No okay. idea. Um, mostly the PS5 stuff. And, of course, Cyberpunk 2077 delayed until December. Really shitty crunch practices, of course. And everybody got sent a Xbox Series X giant refrigerator after all of the memes. Fair fucking play to Microsoft on that one. That's Sending nice, Snoop Dogg nice. a, a light, a real-sized version of an Xbox Series X that is a fridge. Pretty smart marketing, maybe. Don't know yeah. how expensive those things are to make, though. Seems pretty expensive. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they got the money. I'm pretty sure they do. Isn't Xbox something like 10% of all of Microsoft's entire revenue? Like, that's just how much money Microsoft have. Jesus. And they've bought I mean, all of these studios and everything, and it's literally only accounts for like 10% of their entire assets or something stupid like that. I mean, I mean. Oh, sorry. Go I, ahead, man. I, I, I'm saying, like, they're Windows, right? Like, Microsoft is. Huge. Oh, it's everything else. Yeah, it's, it's just everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's just everything else. Yeah. Um, but speaking of everybody else, we're going to jump into some questions. We've got quite a few this week because obviously we have the time. Skipping all that fancy news and stuff. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into questions this week. If you would like to send us some questions or comments or pictures of your dogs, um, you can at mm. dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. You could also alternatively, and you should, because if you pledge $15 a month, you can join a Q&A where you can slate me personally for not finishing Xenoblade Chronicles. Yes. And you can, you know, gang up on us to get George to watch more anime. If you would like to do that, you can head over to Patreon forward slash dad and sons and you can join us for either five ten fifteen dollars each one you can have qas you can join our wonderful discord it's a great bloody time and we all have a great time so don't worry about it you're welcome so let's jump into these questions first we have hajun hajun man 
Hajj the Man. Hajj the Man, maybe. Hajj if you guys could adapt any single book or play into a video game, what would you want adapted and what genre of the game would it be? Medea. Medea. What's Medea? What's that? <laughs> you don't know what Medea is. Wait, a media or Medea? Medea. I, I, I want to see your reaction. Wait, what? You never heard of Medea? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what is this? Tyler Perry's Medea. <laughs> you never heard of Tyler Perry's Medea? <laughs> no. How do you spell it? M A D E A. Oh, okay, Medea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where Tyler Perry dresses up as a woman and, and says over here and all that, all that, all that, you know, classic, stereotypical black, you know. This is a movie, though. This isn't a book. It's movie and play. Oh, it's a play. It, they started off as plays and they moved to movies and that became a thing. And for some reason, it's never stopped. I have no, how, no idea why. <laughs> is this how Taylor Perry made like. A billion dollars. Yes. Yes. Wow. How is that man worth a billion dollars? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so what genre would this be? It would have to be a point-and-click adventure. And you play Uh, as Medea. (laughs) They they could be finding Medea, or you could play as Medea as she, like, travels around and and, uh, tries to find Tyrone. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like... (laughs) I didn't think this through. <laughs> I think you did. I think maybe you've spent many a nights dreaming of the Medea oh the video God. game. That, that, see, see all the, all those uh, all those uh, game 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 uh, videos I sent you was just all just trying to get to. Oh, you're trying to get me to make the Medea game. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Okay. So this is what you do when your PS4 gets stolen. You just sit around imagining the games you're playing, and one of them is this. <laughs> Thank God it has not been stolen again. It's only I like how you breaking checked. now. I like how you checked just to make sure that you still had it. Yeah, I had to turn around. I was like, wait a minute. It's still there, right? It still- yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, what about you? Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess it would be pretty easy to convert like a lot of the fantasy novels I like. Like you could have the Stormlight Archives, but that would be quite the undertaking considering how massive that series is and what would you do? I feel like the name in the wind or the name of the wind, name uh-huh. of the wind. Yeah. Um, uh, by uh, Peter. That would be really good. Patrick Rothfuss. Pa- Patrick. Because yeah. imagine all of the, like, imagine a game where, you are playing, you know, Kvothe, Kvoth, 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 Covid, Covid. Oh God! What's his name? Kvothe. Sorry to everybody who's a big fan of that book. I love it too. But imagine, right? For anybody who doesn't know about the the story, I won't spoil it. But like, he's basically recounting the history of his life. But imagine if you had the choice to choose which parts of the story you tell, and then you go flashback into those scenes and you play different moments of his life, which means you could play like when he's at the school and you could play like a point and click adventure game. Then you could play when he like fights people and then you'd have like an action combat game and you could have all different genres inside of this one video game. So you'd have almost like a visual novel overlay where he's telling his story and recounting the stuff. And then 
when he's in the school and he's growing up and he's learning all these things. And when he's like sneaking out to go to the, the taverns across the river and, uh, you know, meeting all these different people, you can have different genres and the game's skipping forward and you're doing different parts and maybe you're doing the alchemy bit he's also doing. And you have to do all these different types of gameplay stylings on top of the typical fantasy fighting and stuff that you could do. I feel like that could be interesting. That could be a pretty interesting game. Um, yeah. Very difficult because obviously you have to make an a huge amount of different systems um, on top of that. So that could be interesting. Do books translate well into video games? Uh, I mean, The Witcher. <laughs> Way to fucking put me in my place. <laughs> I mean, that's like the only one, right? Other than like the Metro series, right? Yes, that's true. The Metro series, right? Or like, how is Elden Ring going to pan out with like George R. R. Martin writing? Supposedly, uh, I shoot a chunk of it or the world setup. Sekiro was pretty fun. Pretty fun. You mean one of the best games ever made? <laughs> in my opinion, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. So I'm, I'm hoping that, um, I'm hoping <gasps> that this one is a a good like step I, into a right direction. Yeah, I did, I did, I did boot up Bloodborne on Halloween for like an hour and had a nice good old <sighs> kick around at Bloodborne again. My, my my friend is playing it now and it's it's taken him years to beat that game. It's taken him years to beat that game. And I still haven't beat it. Yeah. From software are better when they make spin-offs. Like I'm just I'm just turning out. Yeah, I, like, I yeah, yes. I believe that too. Bloodborne, Sekiro, phew, what games? Right? Come on. Just come on. Just yeah, come when you on. put people in a hole, what do you what do you expect? That's probably why they didn't want to do the, the fucking demon stills. They're like, nah, I'm good. We're gonna, we're yeah, gonna we'll do, do yeah we'll let you guys do that we'll do Elden Ring <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do something else like we're, we're, we're kind of tired of being Dark Souls people yeah um yeah. does this speak to how illiterate we are and how much we don't read because we can't really think of a good, <laughs> of a good book to video game adaptation um I read just not that much <laughs> I mean yeah I mean I could I could go back and get like the Tenth Justice and then all these all these, all these thriller novels I used to read when I was um when I was younger those mm. are fun. Uh, I I always want the painted man, or the warded man, depending on which book cover you got. Um, is also one of my favorites to be turned in, and it's basically like it it, it could totally be an action adventure. Like yeah. there's this guy who just like um there's there's magic in like symbols and stuff, and he like end, ended up tatting his whole body, um and fighting like these creatures. Oh my god! So like oh, oh. during the night they put wards around their houses so to protect them from like all the the nasties that come out mm. at night and stuff like that yeah it, it's it's a lot of weird shit a lot of weird shit it, it's it's a cool it would be a really cool ass game yeah you just reminded me of one of my favorite books well i haven't read it in maybe 10 years but uh there's a british science fiction and fantasy uh, an author he's a fantastic writer he's called china mieville hmm. and he he wrote a book called the scar and it basically is about this giant pirate ship that is a island of tied together pirate ships that have mm. all been commandeered by this giant island of pirate ships that are all so tied together. And yeah. it just floats around the ocean. Mm. And the idea is that they basically gobble up pirate ships. And then once you're on there, you're trapped. And then you become a part of the society. And it's being pulled along by this giant mythological shark, basically. Like, this, like you can't comprehend how large this shark monster is. And it basically is pulling along 
this uh, island. And I feel like that could be a pretty interesting video game. Hell yeah. Because of what the, the stuff that happens on it is uh, very, very good. Like kind of parody. <laughs> lots of political stuff happening. And they're basically, it's basically like a, they're trying to find this place called the Scar, right? So, you know, it'd be a journey type video game. Assassin's Creed, possibly. Yeah. It was, it was a good book. That could be a good game. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of, there's probably a lot more video game uh, that maybe have come from book yeah. origins, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can think of any, let us know at Dansons at podcast at gmail.com because <laughs> we're obviously very lazy. Um, but next question comes from Ahia Elster. Hi, dads and sons. I've been thinking back to my playthrough of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I've come to realize one of the things that I have no recollection of, the environments. The game had multiple reactors, slums, buildings, and so forth, but I honestly do not remember almost anything of it, while I remember almost all of Final Fantasy VII's backgrounds and places, that being original Final Fantasy VII. And it's not just Final Fantasy VII Remake. I quit Tales of Berseria because the environments were frighteningly boring with a lifeless world. DMC5's biggest issue was perhaps the unimaginative repetitive set pieces. Is this an issue with new games and how much graphical fidelity games nowadays require, or is it laziness? P.S. I played The Outer Wilds based on your enthusiasm and it blew me away in more ways than one. Hell yeah. Hell fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for your question. Uh, 100% agree. I complained about both Final Fantasy VII Remake's environments and DMC5's environments. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that was like I, a big uh, picture in the background. <laughs> yeah. I was, it was a I, moving I, picture in the background for It was. A, it's a big J, JPEG in the background. That isn't even that high res of a JPEG, to be honest. <laughs> it was a give in the background. Just, just, oh my stick god! It, just stick it, stick that JPEG at the the end but of the Unity scene. They, and... they, they definitely needed some more work. <laughs> they definitely needed some more work on that one. But it, surprisingly, it was still pretty good. I yeah, we both obviously anybody who's listened to those episodes when remake came out, Enjoy we both enjoyed it. Yeah. it. But as the, I, the one weird, thing but, we yeah. complained about was the environments are so lifeless. Like you yeah. have people walking around, but there's nothing to them. That you, it's like walking through trenches from yeah. one circle to another. And it's considering the amount of things you could have done with an interesting shanty town, like you know the slums and stuff like that. And also the fact that nowhere in life, nowhere anywhere, there are just perfectly linear streets that walk from one circle to another circle. Like yeah. it's so unrealistic. Yeah. It, it's just it's almost like the architectural design comes last with these places like map planning and stuff like that which is so disappointing dmc5 is the same like uh, it's meant to be like london or some garbage and it just it's just cobbled streets that go move from cobbled street to cobbled street and it is so lifeless and boring and i don't know why i you are probably right in some sense, that graphical fidelity, like making multiple assets that look that good, requires making lots of assets that are high detailed, mm-hmm. which requires artists to spend more time doing yeah. these things. 100% that is a part of the problem, I think. But there are things you can do. Like you can make realistic size environments. Like one of the problems that games get it wrong is they feel so video gamey because you just walk into an area, right? Like you walk <laughs> down a very thin track. 
to when an area opens up and then immediately your brain goes, I'm going to battle here. Because, you yeah. know, like you, you've been trained because games have followed these design patterns for a long time. It's possibly why games like Sekiro or Dark Souls and stuff like that feel so great on top of everything else is the fact that they have these interconnected worlds that have such verticality to them. Like you go up and down above mountains and then you go through the mountain and you come out the other side and you're like, oh shit, this is near the starting position. Like I was here like 10 hours ago. Like they have these incredibly interconnected worlds that are full of all these different environments and stuff like that. Um, and those games get praised for that quite rightly. But I don't know. How, does it affect how you feel in that about games when you play them? Like, it definitely does to me. Like, I feel like environments do piss me off a, <laughs> a fair bit sometimes. If they, uh, It depends on how bad it is. I, I feel like Remake, it was pretty noticeable how, like, where, where they cut. You know, mm. it was pretty, pretty noticeable. Yeah. The towns... Um, when you're climbing up, um, uh, I forgot where you're climbing up that, 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 you know, you know, when you reach that uh, dead end and you climb up in that part of the part of the game yeah, and you just see like that background of like things burning and stuff like it just didn't, it didn't, didn't work right. Um, yes. If I think, um, world is, is a big part of world building when you don't have the environments to, to feel, I guess with um bringing that immersion quote quote you know back into the game there at least it has to be there in some aspect especially when you're just walking around you're just seeing like freaking robots saying hi to you and shit and like oh can you please grab three mushrooms from the garden please for me mm. like it's just like ah come on guys we we've moved past this yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it's weird because also, of course, the more graphical fidelity you strive for, especially like I had this problem with The Last of Us 2, um, the more noticeable repetition becomes. Mm -hmm. The more realistic something looks, the more unrealistic things that are repetitious and out of, or out of place and out of sight become, right? They yeah. they stand out and like Final Fantasy VII Remake is gorgeous and looks amazing. You look at screenshots of it and you're like, wow, this game looks fantastic. But then when you're walking around in daylight between the different slums, you're like, holy shit, they cut corners here. <laughs> and I mean, it doesn't affect the gameplay. It doesn't. Like it, ultimately, that's what matters, right? It doesn't. Yeah. But you're right. Like the world building. Why do I care about this giant pizza disc falling on top of these slums when the slums are like the size of like a like a cul-de-sac, like it's not that big and they're just not that dense or populated or it doesn't feel like I'm somewhere different. Like an, an old game, like um, I'm thinking about 12 because I played that recently. That first town that you're in was fine. Mm. Was, yeah, was fine. Even, it was completely fine. Yeah. And like the voice acting for like, like the guy had like a very, like the, the, the little lizard people. It, 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 that does make me feel like I'm, 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 playing star wars when you, you hear those <laughs> gritty <laughs> those types of, yeah yeah like it's really really good but like yeah like that was fine and it was just a couple people walking around sitting around and the town looks decent enough like i if an old ps2 game can do it you know, <laughs> you know that old saying? chestnut back yeah. in my day <laughs> back in my day games weren't this shitty um yeah but yeah Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, games yeah, yeah, yeah. weren't no, retextured I, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I think it definitely, it's going to be interesting even more so as we move into the next graphical states of next gen, right? Like the better games look, the more textures you need to make. Like maybe this is why Cyberpunk took 10 years, right? Like, because maybe it is one of those games that just comes out and blows you away with how different everything looks. Everywhere is, doesn't have repeated textures, doesn't have repeated environments. But part of game dev is is learning. This is what's so difficult about game dev and why it covers so many different aspects is like, the magic of being able to reuse the assets you you have made smartly and efficiently to save time and also to make sure you can do stuff, but making it not obvious is like a magic in itself, right? Like flipping ro- things, rotating them, like changing, inverting the colors, like that kind of thing is immediately not noticeable by players unless they look clearly. So it's like the magic of doing that kind of stuff that you need to be able to get away with. And yeah, games like FF7 Remake and DMC, I don't think did that too well. Like the biology part in DMC, when you're just walking through the demons, like biology mass of flesh. Oh God, it's so repetitive. It's so frustrating. Um, But yeah, fingers crossed we can change that. Our next question comes from Luis Guillermo Jimenez Gomez. Hi, dads. Hi, sons. What are some video games that, in your estimation, had everything to become bona fide canon classics of video games? but for whatever reason, don't seem to get the recognition they deserve today. You decide, Guillermo. P.S. My own pet example of this is Tetris Attack Paneled Upon Puzzle League, which is an all-timer for me. It's niche, should have been a bigger hit, came earlier in the SNS cycle, but if it came out in today's YouTube and Twitch environment, it should be a hit. Interesting question. Is there anything that you've played in the past, Matt, that you think was like a surefire hit that you knew? was going to become like a video game staple. Staple. Too human, obviously. Come on, <laughs> Come on, guys. We all know it was a good game. Uh, no. Do you know what? It's so funny you said that because speaking of too human, actually one of the games I think was like down to become a classic with sequels was Eternal Darkness. Mm. Do you remember yeah. that on the game? Yeah. Like... That was such a success at the time and like it was so different and people were like, wow, this game is, you know, going to go places. And then Silicon Knights obviously made Twin Snakes, but then everything else after they tried to sue Epic uh, died. I, yeah. I feel like that would have become a bona fide classic. I'm looking at my list here. I, I try to write down everything I play for the year. Yeah. I try to, dude. I try to. I know there's a lot of things that are not on this list. So I'm looking at some old ones here that I put down. I wonder if, uh, like, L.A. Noir, like, no one thinks about that anymore. But I, I guess because it's just like, I don't think it was like a classic, though. So I don't think that really counts. I feel like, I, I, all right, so how does it count? Like, it has to sell a lot, but it's forgotten about. No, I think, I think, I think maybe just like a game series or a game that was going to become like, a part of the the video game the top 10 list like the space right you know like tetris attack i think in uh Guillermo's, uh you know example is you, you think back to the snes and panel to and stuff like that like those games were top and there was a lot of spin-offs puzzle league pokemon puzzle league on the game boy color like there mm. were a lot of spin-offs to that game and but then kind of died right unless recently you think of tetris attack and tetris 99 in terms of like tetris spin-offs but then you had um, Panel Dupon recently come out for the Switch, which did quite well. Panel versus Tetris or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, it didn't become like, you know, like a staple. 
like we talk about like Halo, <laughs> Smash, uh, yeah. Mario, of course, like games that became Call of Duty. I don't know. The guy is yeah. the zeitgeist of video games. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any example? Anything? No, you think? no, nothing. Nothing good. Like you know, I could say stuff like Mega Man Battle Network, but like you know, like <laughs> they had its time and stuff. You know, Man, like you're gonna be like, flying that flag till you die, aren't you? <laughs> Daisy, Daisy should have been a state. Well, I guess it is kind of simple. No, it no. did, but it, it died pretty, pretty. It died. Like, it, what, it's two, yeah, three years. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, that was a buggy ass game. No, yeah. What do you, what do you have? Maybe I'll think of something midway. <sighs> Maybe Earthbound? But like, that's kind of a staple, isn't it? But it's more like a cult classic, right? Like, it's not, though, because mm. obviously, if you are not successful enough to warrant the sequel being localized, even though people demand it, because Nintendo obviously see the data and they're like, this is not going to do well. Even if the, all these people are screaming for it, the amount of people screaming for it is still so low that. But there's a lot of reasons why Earthbound seems to have failed, like how massive the box was and the fact that it came with like a scratch and sniff thing that put people off and <laughs> all that kind of thing. I feel like Earthbound possibly is one of those games maybe that didn't become quite the hit, like the successful zeitgeist hit, even though it is a cult fa- like favorite. Yeah. I don't, don't rightly know. You would say maybe like Fire Emblem or Advance Wars, but then Fire <laughs> Emblem did become... Irish. Yeah. Like the giant it is, Advance Wars, maybe? Yokai Watch, actually. Hmm. Well, that's more of just like missed opportunities. But that was like that was like the next Pokemon in Japan. Like it was ever what happened to that. I don't know. Like I I honestly do not know because it was like one minute when I arrived in Japan, it was fucking everywhere. It was like right. bigger than Bigger than MJ. It was like... They, they got a release over here to us. It did, but then, I don't know, it just didn't hit. And I think it partly because the battle system is not that engaging. Um, yeah. And a little more even babyish compared to Pokemon. Yeah, in Japan, it, it also died. And level 5 now are obviously in a bit of trouble. Like, they're not localizing any more games into English. So, like, I don't know. Put all your eggs in one basket and just a hit and hope, I guess. But I can't think of anything outstanding. Like, I think Tetris Attack is a really good example, but yeah, the, even when you think back to that era, what ca- what carried over from then, um, most games that were popular during then, Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, Mario, uh, Zelda, all that stuff still carried over, right? Yeah. Even through the 3D renaissance. There'll always be like these weird indie games that you play that you're like, wow, this is like fantastic, you know? But you mm. know, like they're, they're just indie games. Like they're not going to be... Like Soma, for instance, I love Soma, love Soma. Okay, it's the same people who make Amnesia. Uh, I think it's Machine for Pigs, and yes, it is great. But I know, like, that's not that's not what everyone wants to play. Yeah, it's not what everyone wants to play. You know, no, and it's horror, right? Which means it's always going to be stunted in some way. Yeah, due to that genre. And it, it, the thing is, it's, it's so much more than just horror. And I, 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 it's so much more than just horror. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of me liking it. And that's why I'm kind of interested in playing the new one that came out recently. Because, like, they made Soma. And I was just like, it'll be hard for them to make something that's not, like, just, like, boring old. I have a lantern walking through the thing. Like, there's so many interesting conversations coming from soma that i i wouldn't 
I, I would think that uh, the new amnesia had some like interesting conversations as well. Mm. I know it's like in a desert or something like that, which is different as well, which is kind of weird too. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, there's it, nothing outstanding. Yeah, for me either. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting question. Um, to end then, because it's a Matt and Liam special, we have Buster Barnum's question of talk about Bob Dylan or just music in general, please. Like any 2020 music or albums I that we have so loved much. or reviewed. And he ends it with, I love you. So thank you, Buster Barnum. Love you too. So if you don't like music like George, tune out now. Uh, if not, stay for Matt's wonderful recommendations and some of mine. So, Matt, 2020, it's been a weird year. Uh, as they say, art is suffering. What kind of cool music have you been listening to re- recently? Man, let me go down the list here. I've, I've listened to so much lately. I've listened to so much. Um, I was at a Halloween thing, and we, we had this nice playlist going on, so I was, like, stealing a bunch of music. But, like, I got some, <laughs> I got some Depeche Mode on here. <laughs> <laughs> You got Joji. You got Joji. He came out with yeah, a song called Run. Yeah. It's great. Joji's great. I Joji's can't believe that fucking pink guy is one of my favorite artists of all time. Like, it, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I know. I still can't process that sometime when I see Filthy Frank. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't even process. I, I, there's two different people. After Dark by Mr. Kitty. That's a good if you like some old school like is it 80s i feel like it's like 80s 80s music and that oh man that slaps man that's a good one right there i go all over the place so i my 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 variety here is insane you'll you'll hear me listen to rap some more raunchy shit and to like some weird like indie you know in a art theater bathroom music you know like it's just (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 how different um let's see i mean i got uh you you got a couple before i I mean i got i got a lot so i've been recently on a major korean kick again and i've been listening to a lot of korean r&b and stuff so obviously you got twice twice are always gonna be great but like people like zico j park loco gray all really good if you have any interest in korean music just google one of the artists i just mentioned to you um that's mainly what i've been listening to recently um but uh i also listened to the new deftones album that's pretty good very mm. deftones very deftonesy um in japan if you listen to japanese music frederick uh Nekari talk they're pretty much my main ones at the moment and actually recently I've been listening to quite a bit of metal, going back into metal a little bit. Um, Bring Me the Horizon. I've just released a couple of new songs that are really good. Um, So they're back on doing pretty well. And then everything else just that I've been listening to this year, stuff like uh, The Weeknd. A lot of old stuff, to be honest. I don't know, actually. I haven't listened to many albums this year, I don't think. Yeah, I listen to singles. Well, singles. I, I listen to like songs mostly. I go on like a bunch of playlists. But I would say Oliver Malcolm, The Machine, and Helen. Interesting. Have some pretty fucking dope songs right there. Ooh. Go ahead and bless your ears with that. 
Um, and, and if you want something a little bit softer, uh, Ma- uh, Maggie Rogers, Light On, the one that's recorded at uh, Spotify Studio. Bless your ears with that one. Nice. Mm. <laughs> I need to maybe catch up with some more um, music from this year. And I think I've been listening to it, apart from Korean stuff, which is all new. Because yeah. I like dipped out of listening to Korean music for a while. And then I've been listening to all of the stuff I've missed. And it's been a blast. Um, but in terms of like Western, quote, Western music of 2020, apart from like, you know, a bit of WAP. Uh, I have no idea. Wap. <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of WAP. What is WAP? Oh, oh, you're talking to, oh, wait a <laughs> minute. You're talking about that Cardi B right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> What? Leo <laughs> listens to Cardi. Okay. That, okay. that track that track is banging. Like that track is real good. And also, yeah. you know, Doja Cat. Doja Cat is really good as well. There's like, some holes kinda... in this house. There's some holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. <laughs> uh, I'll let you do the rest. <laughs> oh my god, man. Those those girls are insane. Yeah. That is some they, they're like right thick with it right that 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 like it's hard to describe the the energy that comes from like megan and, and it's a double it's a double c yeah. it's a t-h-i-c-c-c oh that energy people love that shit man it's good though it's good because like mostly it's been like guy rappers who would rap and that'll be it you know and now women have like this like like very like i don't know like hoodish music to listen to now too. <laughs> you know and it's it's quite interesting you know and it's just, for me for me it's just music like you know like people like oh because you listen to something doesn't we're not gonna get deep into this stuff but like it's just like uh it's just a good song you, they're not telling you, you to go out there it, and be it. like you don't, yeah yeah you exactly. don't. don't read too much into it don't read too much you, into it you know yeah, because yeah. if you read too much into it, then you're not going to have a good time with anything and you're not going to be great at parties. Yeah. And you're just going to go down a hole and you're going to yes. find like Ben Shapiro talking about WAP and then you're just going to hate yourself for ever even trying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just give, just enjoy what you enjoy. Just enjoy life. You know, don't care about the bad voice acting. I go from listening to metal <laughs> to then Korean pop. So don't. I keep trying to get into, I need to really like, get down and dirty and get to Japanese and Korean music. Dude, I will send you a bunch of links. I want some rap. I want some hardcore fucking Korean rap. I want I want yeah, someone dude. to slam my ears. I remember yeah. you telling me about this a long time ago. Yes, man. I, I mean, I living in Asia, you get exposed to this stuff. There's a lot yeah. of good Japanese stuff right now as well. Like a lot of good music coming from Japan. So your partner is just like fucking slamming that shit and you're just like, what was happening? She's <laughs> musically illiterate. That's for sure. She has no idea. No! Musically uh, illiterate. Like, oh, no. It, it saddens me. But she does like J-Pog, so. The Boris. The Boris. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and with that. And with that, I'm on that bombshell. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Dad and Dad show today. You got Black Dad and White Dad. It's a very progressive uh, podcast, this, <laughs> yep, this, yep, this yep, week's yep. episode. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. If you want to get in touch, you can at 
danstanspodcast at gmail.com. You can go and support us on Patreon, which we are so thankful for. It's been amazing so far. Our Discord community is incredible. You should join it. Um, like-minded people who listen to WAP and they're <laughs> like, you know, do you know what? Go ahead and like rate and review us on iTunes or some shit. We have like a lot of reviews on there. It's like sitting at like a 4.5 average. We should get it to a five because why the fuck not? And also, Matt tweets every single day, so you should follow him at wow. Matt Visual. And also, I tweet definitely not that often at Liam BME. And then George, who is usually here but is currently out assassinating the president, is SBH Bunny Up, Super Bunny Hop. But thank you so much for listening to Dan Sons. Thank you, um, thank you, thank you, Matt. Take it away. There's some, there's some who in the house. There's some who. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 